Well, amen. It's such a blessing to be here. Um, like Pastor Wayne said, we go, we go way back. Um, and I was, uh, yeah, I was going to his life group trying to think when that would be. Probably like, yeah, probably going 10 years ago, hanging out at his house. I was often the first one there, eating their snacks before they were even done, <laughs> setting them up. <clears throat> um, and, uh, you know, God's just good. When you follow the call of God on your life, uh, it's not the easiest life, but it is the most blessed life. Um, I would rather struggle and suffer a little bit doing what I know God called me to do than have an easy life and always wonder if I'm really doing what I should be doing for God. And so I just want to encourage you um, to pursue God's call. I do want to introduce my wife. She's over there, Lauren, and that's Asher, who's going to be shouting amen in tongues, I think, most of the time over there. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, <clears throat> You know, I'm not going to take too much time. We we had a we had a rough go of it. Uh, we we moved out to uh, Poughkeepsie four years ago. Um, packed up a U-Haul with uh, the few belongings we hadn't sold or given away, and uh, drove to Poughkeepsie. Didn't have a job. Didn't have a place to stay. Uh, didn't know anybody. It wasn't until about six months after we got there that we looked at each other and we go, that was really a bad idea, um, <clears throat> at least in the natural. Uh, you know, we, we looked at it and we go, I wouldn't, if someone was asking me advice on what to do, we would never tell them to do what we did. But, you know, when God's in it, it just seems like the most right thing in the world, it, you know, to pack up a U-Haul and have nothing waiting for us on the other side of the country. Um, seems foolish, and maybe in the world it is foolish, but in the Lord, that's what he had. But uh, we, had a, we had a rough time getting things going, um, and honestly, uh, you know, we, we just had a couple people. We were meeting in our house for a while. We had a little bit of space. Um, we were renting some space from another church for, for a little while, uh, and then we were back in our house, and it just, it just seemed like we couldn't get traction. And honestly, uh, this past, it was like November or December, Lauren and I talked to each other, and we were like, look, um, we're going we're gonna to do one last push in 2019, and if we can't seem to get anything going, we might need to say, what, you know, what's next? You know, there, there's a time to, to press in. And just to keep going in faith without any tangible results. And then there's also a time where you go, Jesus said, even to his disciples, he said, look, if you go to one town and they don't receive you, you wipe off the dust and you move to the next town. There, there's a point to go to the next town, right? But we, we just said, all right, you know, we, we were serious. We said, we're going to try this. Uh, and if, if nothing, we don't get our breakthrough this year, then... Uh, so be it. We'll pray and figure out what God has next for us. Uh, and that was like, like I said, November or December. Um, and then in January, we had our breakthrough. <laughs> so sometimes God just waits until you get to the end of yourself so that he can show himself to be strong. Um, you know, by March of, of this year, we had outgrown our house and... Um, we just didn't have the space anymore. We found a place. We had our launch on May 5th of this year at our, at our new location. And Wayne was there the second week. We were, we were really in that building. So it was such a, such a neat thing. Um, you know, you, most of you have never met me before, but we're family. Not only because we're, we belong to the same God and we're in the same family spiritually, but but even we come, we were planted out of the same church, sent out of the same church. So so even in a in a in that sense, we're really of the same same line, same group, whatever you want to call it. And so, um, if you guys are ever in the Poughkeepsie, New York area for any reason, you stop by because we'll we'll make you feel right at home. But um, if you guys want to start opening up to First Peter. Uh, that's where we're going to start today, 1 Peter chapter 4. Um, 
I want to talk, the title of my message today is Use Your Gift, but not your phone during church. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's called Use Your Gift. Um, we want to be a church that moves and flows in the gifts of the Spirit. We want that. Um, if you're not real experienced with the gifts of the Spirit, that might sound almost a little spooky because you don't really know what's coming. Um, the gifts of the Spirit can sometimes be uncomfortable when they begin uh, to operate. But I want to give you just a few reasons. I wrote down six reasons here why you want to be a church that has a flow of the gifts of the Spirit. One of the first reasons is it generates uh, expectancy or anticipation when you have the gifts of the Spirit. Because if, if all we ever do is we come to church and we sing four or five songs and we have announcements, offering, and then a sermon, God can do stuff through that, but you get to a point where you know what to expect when you show up to church, right? And you just go, oh yeah, it's, I, I know what's happening. And after a while, that can start to, it starts to get, um, I don't want to put it too bluntly, but it can start to get dull, right? If it's just the same thing over and over and over. But when the gifts of the Spirit are moving and you don't know if there's going to be a prophecy, if someone's going to be healed, uh, if uh, someone's just going to really have some revelation for the church that's going to bring the church to a new level, um, you start getting this, and that's a normal thing every Sunday, you start getting this attitude like, God's going to do something today. I don't know what he's going to do, but he's going to do something, and it kind of gets you out of bed Sunday morning and moving a little quicker. Because uh, <clears throat> who knows, Sunday mornings are not always the easiest morning of the week to get ready. If you have little kids, say amen. amen. I was thinking this morning, you know, remember that song, Easy Like Sunday Morning? I said, that guy doesn't go to church with little kids because <laughs> Sunday morning is not the e easiest morning of my week. Um, but it, it, it generates expectation when you have gifts of the Spirit moving. Another thing that happens is it builds our faith. When you watch God do something week after week or even day after day, when you see right before your eyes miracles happening, it builds faith, doesn't it? When we have the gifts of the Spirit moving, we get to this point where we're experiencing God instead of just talking about Him all the time. Isn't that important? We, we can sometimes get in this, uh, almost this, uh, I don't know, like this loop of where it's, it's not bad, but all we ever do is we talk about God and we don't ever really experience Him to where we know He's real in our experience. Uh, fourth, the gifts of the Spirit are, are a sign to unbelievers. When we see God really actively working and someone comes in who doesn't know the Lord, they go, those people are weird there at Living Hope Family Church, but something's happening. I love it. Actually, in 1 Corinthians 14, uh, Paul is specifically talking about the gift of prophecy, but it works for any of the gifts. Uh, when they're in operation, he says, if someone who's, who's an unbeliever or, or unlearned comes into your church, they're going to fall on their face and say, truly, God is among you. Isn't that what we want at our church? We want people to come in and fall on their face and go, I don't know what's happening here, but God's here. I don't understand everything I'm seeing, but God's here. That's what we want. Five, it reminds us when the gifts of the Spirit are really operating like they're supposed to, that we're a body. We don't come to church to watch one person do ministry. At least we shouldn't. Because then church becomes a spectator sport. And that's not what it's meant to be. Church is meant to be a body of believers who each of us have gifts uh, and things to offer, and we all come with this attitude that uh, God might use me today. Not only am I going to see God do something, but maybe it's going to happen through me. And when you have the gifts of the Spirit really flowing, there's that sense every time we get together that, that maybe God will use me. Lastly, it keeps us heavenly-minded. 
You ever heard that phrase, some people are so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good? Have you heard that? There's some truth to that, but I also know some people who are so earthly minded that they're no heavenly good. Um, And so we don't want to be so intensely practical all the time where it's like, well, how do we just work this out step by step, and what's the process, and what's the, the mechanics, and and the methodology, sometimes we get into that and we're not really operating as heaven operates. It's just a human machine or, or methodology. And, and that's not what ministry is supposed to be. Ministry is supposed to be heaven invading earth. Amen? And the gifts of the Spirit remind us of that because God does things that we can't accomplish all by ourselves. So, so let's read this, uh, this verse here. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10. I love this verse. It says this, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Let's, let's break this apart a little bit and talk about each one. First it says, As each has received a gift. You need to understand, first of all, that if you have the Holy Spirit, you have something to offer the body of Christ. Period. So as each has received a gift, because each has received a gift. Now, I don't want to get too deep into this, but there's a reality. Where do the gifts come from? Where do the gifts of the Holy Spirit come from? Very good. There's a big clue, I know. The gifts of the Holy Spirit come from the Holy Spirit. So if the Holy Spirit is in you, you have the possibility of moving in any of the gifts, right? Because the Holy Spirit can use you however He wants. Now there's a reality also, and we're going to possibly read a little bit here of this Scripture. There's a reality uh, that Scripture says the Holy Spirit kind of apportions or allots or distributes the gifts as he wills. Which means he can use you to do anything he wants, but he will choose to use you in in specific ways. Does that make sense? Like maybe it's prophecy, just God starts using you and every time you get together, like you feel like God's speaking through you. And, And that becomes, in that sense, your gift. Not that he couldn't do something else through you, but... He chooses to use us in specific ways. In a strange way, the Holy Spirit wants us each to be specialists. Does that kind of make sense? You could do anything. He could use you in any way, but He chooses to kind of make us each specialists in in a specific way. But He does it as He wills. The, The other thing is He also says in some contexts, it's okay to pray for specific gifts. Like he talks about people, he says, look, uh, the one who speaks in a tongue, he says, should pray that he interprets. And he explains why. He says, because if you give a tongue, uh, a message in tongues in a church, it needs to be interpreted or else you're out of order. So if you feel like God's moving you to give a message in tongues, he says you probably should pray to interpret because if nobody interprets it, it's on you now, right? So it's okay to, to pray for certain gifts. If, so, if you just feel this like, oh, man, I, just, I really want to lay hands on the sick and see him healed. Like pray for the gift of healing or, or you know, um, discerning of spirits. I just, I just want to see beyond the physical, right? I want to see into the spiritual world and really understand what's going on there. You pray for that. That's okay. But at the end of the day, the Holy Spirit's going to give you what He wants. He's going to use you how He wants. So as each one has received a gift, and we've all received a gift, God wants to use each of us. He wants to make us each specialists in different ways so that <clears throat> what the gifts God's given Pastor Wayne are necessary for the body, but then you come to church understanding that the gifts that he's given you are also necessary for the body, and they're different from the ones that he gives to Pastor Wayne. And they're different from the person sitting next to you. Here's my favorite part of 1 Peter 4.10. It says, as each one has received a gift, use it 
Everybody say use it. Use it. <laughs> that means you got to do something. If God has given you a gift, and he has, you better use it. Now, the Greek behind this is really fascinating. The Greek behind this means use it. It's, I was a joke. It's exactly the same as you'd think it would be. There's nothing fascinating. It just means you need to do something with it. If God's given you a gift, put it into practice. Do something with it. This is where the gifts often fail in churches. It's not that God isn't, hasn't deposited something in you to use. It's that when it comes time, you go, oh, that's not God. Or, oh, I'd be embarrassed if I spoke up. Or, oh, well, I guess I don't have. Oh, that person has a, a, a more mature, more developed gift than I do, so I'll just, I'll just let them do it. But if he's given you a gift, you have to use it. There's no sense having a gift if you never use it. Do you remember that parable that Jesus gives about um, there was a man and he gave one man five talents and he gave one two talents and he gave another one one talent and then he goes away and he says, Here, your job is to do business with this is money. I know we don't talk, we don't use the word talent, but it's a measurement of money. Because your job is to go do business and, and make this money of mine work. So the first guy who gets the five talents, he goes to work. Let's say $5 million, just to make it easy. He gives him $5 million and he goes to work. When the master comes back, he says, I made $5 million more. You got $10 million now. And the master says, well done, of course. Well done, good and faithful servant. He goes to the guy with two talents and he goes, I worked your two, ten, or your two million dollars that you gave me. I made a mil, two million more. And he goes, good job. Same exact wording. He didn't care about the amount. They just did exactly what they were supposed to do. He goes to the guy who gave one talent or one million dollars, and he said, what do you do with it? He said, I stuffed it under my bed. Because I knew if I lost it, you'd be really angry. Because you're kind of a harsh man, is what he says. And he goes, well, if you knew I was a harsh man, you might have should have done something with it <laughs> instead of hiding it under your mattress. Could have at least put it in the bank and I would have gotten some interest. Said, but because you haven't, he says, you're a lazy servant. You weren't a good steward. I gave you this. To, it wasn't even yours. It was mine and I gave it to you to manage and you did nothing with it. You know, if God has put his gifts in us and we do nothing with it, we have not managed what he gave us to manage. The results are up to him. We can't control the outcome. We just need to be faithful with what we feel God has done in us. We have to use it. You know, your gift may be undeveloped because you haven't practiced it. It may be a little on the immature sign use it anyway how are you going to get a developed gift a mature gift if you never put it into practice right you know sometimes <clears throat> well i'll get into specific gifts in a little later but you know sometimes we we feel like maybe you're praying over someone and you feel like god has given you something and you go that just sounds stupid so you don't say it. But what if you did? And what if that was the breakthrough that that person needed? Maybe it's just a scripture. Well, you can quote scripture to anyone and it's right, <laughs> right? You're not going to be wrong if you get a scripture and you just feel like, well, maybe, it... yeah, go for it. Going on with this verse, so as each one has received a gift, use it. What's the next part say? To serve one another. Your gift is for others, not yourself. The one exception that we see is the gift of tongues. 
Uh, speaking in tongues, I know Pastor Wayne's preached on this. Speaking in tongues is a gift that God gives us to edify ourselves. There is a public side of this gift, which we already talked about, but really the primary purpose of the gift is to build ourselves up. The rest of the gifts are really for other people. Now, what's awesome about the gifts of the Spirit is that when God uses you, it leaves a blessing behind as it passes through you. Anyone ever experienced that? When God uses you, you get blessed too. But that's not why you do it. I've known some people who they don't care about anyone else. They just want to get a blessing for themselves, and so they're seeking the gifts so that they feel good and that they feel a blessing and they feel the presence of God. But we use our gifts to serve each other. You know, sometimes God has something he wants to say or something he wants to do or some encouragement he wants to give to somebody else, and he's going to need someone in the body of Christ to go to that person to do that. And if we're constantly expecting Pastor Wayne to get all the prophetic words and all the encouragements and all the scriptures and all. He's the only one who can pray for healing. Well, first of all, he's going to be a very tired pastor. Uh, but secondly, he can't be everywhere. Is it possible that two people in the church need encouragement at the exact same time? That means at least two people got to be listening to God. Right? Really, we all should be. So as each of us has received a gift, we need to use it to serve one another as good stewards. We already talked about that. What is a good steward? A steward is someone who manages something that belongs to someone else. We don't own the gifts. The gifts aren't ours. That's why I, I don't argue about it, but when you say, what's your gift? Well, it's not actually yours. It's just, it's God's, and He's using you. But to be a good steward, we have to use it. So if God prompts you in some way, you feel something in the Holy Spirit and you don't do anything with it, are you a good steward? The answer is no. I saw some people shaking their head. You got the right answer. You can, you can speak up. This is a Pentecostal church. We, we like some noise in here. <clears throat> yeah, if God's prompting you, if you just feel... You know, sometimes the way God begins using you is, is you just have this sense of... You know, someone walks in and they look a little downcast. And you think, maybe someone should pray for them. Yeah, maybe someone, wink, wink, should. And that someone is probably you. If that's what's on your heart, that may be the Holy Spirit prompting you to go to that person and just offer a word of encouragement. Let's... Uh, Let's take a few minutes. There's a few places in Scripture that really uh, kind of list out certain gifts of the Spirit. It's actually three places that have lists. And I just want to kind of briefly read those and comment on them <clears throat> so that we get a sense of what might God be prompting you to do? What kinds of things might God want to use you to do? Because if we can kind of wrap our heads around that and, and be thinking in terms of the gifts, then every time you come together, you should be thinking, all right, God, what do you want me to do today? You know, sometimes you're the one who needs the ministry. Can someone say amen to that? Sometimes you come to church and you're just like, I'm a wreck this week, and I just, I need to worship God, and I just, I need to receive. Amen. But sometimes you need to be the one doing the ministry. You need to be the one serving others and, and bringing a blessing. I actually really appreciate, uh, you guys know Pastor Jerome, right? He was just out here. Uh, he lives about an hour north of me. Uh, and uh, so I see him a lot. And he told me once, and I love this, he said for his elders, he tells them in their elders meeting, he says, you don't come to church to receive. You come to church to give. You better get filled up before you come. Now, it doesn't mean elders don't need ministry too, but he's saying if you're an elder in my church, you're in ministry at my church, which means <clears throat> you need to come with this sense of what's God going to do? Where does God want me to speak? Who does God want me to minister to? But that's really true of the whole body of Christ. We always ought to come 
with this attitude like, what, how is God going to use me today? And again, if the gifts of the Spirit are really flowing, we should all be coming with that attitude because you never know when God's going to put his finger on you and say, I've got an assignment for you. So let's, let's real quick, let's first flip to Romans 12. Oh, I went too far. Romans 12. And we're going to start in, uh, what did I say? Is it up there? Yeah, Romans 12, verse 10. Six. I don't know what I'm looking at. Oh, you, had, you weren't fast enough. Who's ever, oh, you weren't fast enough. It's you. It's your fault. I can take that, actually. That might. <laughs> um, <laughs> Romans 12, 6. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Hear that again? Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. There's seven gifts listed here. Let's, let's see them. Do you have one of your... You know? Hey, there we go. Uh, if prophecy... So there's one. We've talked about that a lot. Paul makes a point in, the, uh, in 1 Corinthians 14 to say, in the realm of gifts that really are a benefit to the body of Christ, that really bring a... a, a that kind of pack a, a punch with edification, so to speak, Prophecy is really up there. It's one of the most uh, encouraging, upbuilding gifts that can be used in the body of Christ. And so this is a great one to, to seek out. But if prophecy, in proportion to our faith, service is another one. Did you know serving is actually a gift that God gives people? These are people who they don't want any recognition. In fact, if you recognize them publicly, they're, they're almost annoyed. Um, these are people who just love being behind the scenes. They just, if something needs done, they're going to do it. It's just in them. They, they always want to do it. Now, does that mean the rest of us are off the hook and we never have to serve? No, we all serve. Uh, but there, there are people who are, it's a gift. It's something God wants to do in them. Uh, teaching. Amen? Some people just have this ability to explain the Word of God and bring it to life. Uh, exhortation. Exhortation is this great word. It's somewhere in between encouraging and, and rebuking. If you look at the word, depending on, on the context, it's somewhere between encouraging and rebuking. I like using the word challenge. Don't we need to be challenged? Have you met some people who just, they're always challenging? And it's, it's good. It's like you, it pumps you up, but it's, that's a gift God gives. The one who contributes, giving, generosity is a gift that the Holy Spirit puts in some people. The leading, acts of mercy. See, this is this list of seven gifts that, that the Holy Spirit might uh, want to use you to do. Now, now, this list is fascinating because this list is kind of uh, all of these things with the exception of maybe prophecy, are kind of like built into your personality almost. It's like you might even see some of this before a person gets saved. That, you know, you might have people who, who are, have gifts of, of serving. They like to help other people. You might get people who like to teach or who are generous even before they're saved. But once they're saved and the Holy Spirit comes in, it's like, I don't know, he, he puts a stick a dynamite in their hand to use this gift to really do some, some good for the kingdom of God. And God wants to empower these things. Um, so, you know, it, has anyone ever taken like one of those spiritual gift surveys or tests? 
No, no one? Okay, a few people, yeah. Usually it focuses on these, because the next list we're going to look at, it doesn't work. Uh, a, a spiritual gift survey or, or a test, because it, it sort of talks about, your, again, your personality. What, what are you drawn towards? Because there are some people who they're happy to, uh, you know, come early on, on a Sunday or on a Saturday and clean up the church, and they're like, that's, ha- that's, that's service, right? That, they're happy to do that, but if you ask them to get up and teach a Bible lesson, uh, you know, they get cramps in their stomach and, you know, they don't want to do it. That's just how some people are. So that's, your probably gift is not teaching if, <laughs> uh, if that's the case. And yet I've known some people who are called to preach, um, who they've been doing it for years, and every Sunday they wake up with butterflies in their stomach, every Sunday feel like throwing up because they're so nervous, and yet God called them to it. That's kind of a rare thing a lot of times. Usually God's going to give you uh, confidence, and yet these people are incredibly anointed, preachers and teachers. You just don't know the, the behind the scenes and what they have to go through to get there. Uh, let's turn to First um, Corinthians chapter 12 to get the next list. First Corinthians 12, starting in verse 7, says this. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Are you seeing this repetition of a concept, right? Each one is given a gift for the common good, to serve one another, to be a blessing to other people. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, Uh, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by the one and same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as He wills. This list has nine gifts. <clears throat> what do we got? The, uh, the utterance of wisdom or the word of wisdom is how King James puts it, so that's how it is in my brain. Uh, the word of wisdom, to another the, the utterance of knowledge or word of knowledge, to another faith, gifts of healing, working of miracles, prophecy, uh, distinguishing or discerning of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Now this is the list that I said the the personality kind of test doesn't work with this one. No one has a personality where they, um, you know, heal people. Right? That's not a personality trait. You don't see people before they're saved just going around healing people all the time. Or speaking in tongues. Or some of these others, the ability to distinguish between spirits, to see beyond sort of the veil of the natural and to see what God's doing behind the scene in the spirit. Uh, Demonic activity, angelic activity, or even what's going on in, in people's hearts. These are purely supernatural gifts that come with the Holy Spirit. That's why I love how it starts. Each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. A manifestation is when something is made very plain or apparent. So the manifestation of the Spirit are gifts which just make the presence of the Holy Spirit really obvious and apparent. And these nine gifts listed here make the presence of the Holy Spirit very obvious and apparent. Let me really quickly, I wasn't going to do this. I don't have much time left. Um, Really quickly, I just want to define some of these. Um, The utterance of wisdom or the utterance of knowledge or the word of knowledge. A word of knowledge is like a a piece of information, supernatural knowledge that's downloaded uh, to to your spirit. This is when you, you, you get some piece of information about someone or a situation that you couldn't have known uh, or that you did not receive through natural means. Um, 
Think about the time with Jesus at the woman at the well. And he says, go get your husband. She goes, I don't have a husband. He says, you're right, you've had four or five. I don't remember what it is. And the one you have now is not your husband. How did Jesus know that? Was he sneaking around Samaria uh, for the past couple of weeks following this lady? No. God gave him information that he didn't get any other way except through the Holy Spirit. Do you know God might want to do that in you? Is that a little spooky? You can say amen to that. But if you come up to someone and you know something about them that you couldn't know through the natural, you think that might grab their attention a little bit? (laughs) I remember sitting in a restaurant once and a guy uh, had a word of knowledge about the waitress. Even I was a little freaked out. Uh, It had something to, I don't even remember now, it was years ago, but it had something to do with like her boyfriend or an ex-boyfriend and like just... He, he told us after this all happened, uh, you know, she like went white and he shared the gospel with her. He said, yeah, I was just sitting here eating my pancakes and the waitress walked up and all of a sudden like I just, I knew God had shown me something. God can do that. Amen? That's a way God can use you. A word of wisdom is similar in that it's a, it's a divine piece of uh, wisdom or instruction for someone is often uh, how I see it. Like when Jesus uh, spit in the mud and rubbed it in the guy's eye and said, go wash in that pool. Well, he couldn't have done that any other way. I mean, like, why do you have to do that? Or what about when Elisha uh, told Naaman to go dip in the Jordan seven times? And even Naaman was like, what, there's not rivers back home that I could have done this in? Well, sometimes God has just his own way of doing things. Some say amen to that that aren't our ways. Um, And sometimes uh, a word of wisdom is just like, you know what, I think God wants you to do this. You ever had someone say that to you? Sometimes it's very simple. I've had a word of wisdom to go fast and pray for three days, where someone just said, you know, God wants to do something, He wants to break something loose in your life, but you're going to have to seek Him and fast and pray for three days. It's a hard one. But no one ever spit in my eye. So, I mean... (laughs) Um, but, you know, some of these other ones, God may want to really use you. You know, again, we can do any of these with the Holy Spirit. He can, he can use you any way He wants. But what we see is as we begin to be obedient, we begin to see God starts using us in specific ways over and over and over. That's how some people get called prophets, Right? Because the gift of prophecy, God just keeps using them in the gift of prophecy. And they keep speaking, and man, they're really accurate. They're really spot on. And then the next time they go, okay, we, and, and you do that enough for a number of years, people start going, oh, yeah, this guy's a prophet. Just, God always talks to him, and he's always right. <laughs> That's what makes you a prophet. Um, and so we want to be obedient. What do I want to say here? There's a reality, I was going to go to the last one, I think I'm going to skip that one for today, just for sake of time, because I don't want to keep you late like Pastor Wayne did with our people. No, I'm just messing. <laughs> we went a little long, but it was God, don't worry. It was all good. Um, you know, I was talking with uh, one of the guys at our church, just about the gifts, and, and we're beginning to see God really stir the gifts in our people at our church, and it is exciting. Um, Almost every Sunday, we have a prophetic word come forth in our church. Sometimes it's, you know, a big deal, and sometimes it's just like a prayer, or like, can we all just do this, or, I mean, it's, it's, it's simple, we're kind of, we're, we're figuring it out, we're a young church too, so we're kind of figuring out how this works. But I was talking with this one guy at our church. His name is Joe. And I said, you know, as a pastor, I'm concerned, like, how do I, how do I uh, be, how do I make this a church where the gifts are active? And what we came to after some discussion is um, the pastor can't. There you go, Wayne. There's your encouragement. Uh, <laughs> as pastors... We can create an atmosphere where 
the gifts where we're open to it, right? We have to give our people permission. And I'll stand in Wayne's stead. You guys have permission. Wayne would love it if you guys moved in the gifts of the Spirit. I know Wayne enough. Um, so we create space. But at the end of the day, it's up to you guys. At some point, you're going to have to get uncomfortable and step out in faith and speak what you think God's saying or suggest what you think God is saying. I love in 1 Corinthians 14 as he's talking about the gifts, he actually at one point he says, when you come together, each one has a psalm or a prophecy or a tongue. He said psalm. That's a song. Do you know sometimes, have you guys ever been in a service where it was the right song? That the song had a prophetic edge to it. You know, we've had a few times in, in church, and it's been awesome, where just someone in the congregation goes, you know, can we sing this song? And we all just sang a cappella, or maybe I knew it on the guitar and I'd play it. And it was like, that was the song the church needed. Isn't that funny? I mean, we don't think of like a song as being the way God wants to minister, and yet we do, but only if it's scheduled, right? And then, then it's God, God can do it if we schedule it, but what... What if it's at the end of the service and one of you just goes, you know, I just have this song in my heart. Can we sing that? What a beautiful way to just let God take over and do his thing. So my encouragement to you as a church and what I really feel like God had me to give you guys is if we're really going to impact our communities, our cities with the gospel, We've got to be churches where God is active. And, and you feel it. Like, that when you get up and you're getting ready for church, you're like, ooh, what's God going to do today? I mean, you've got to have a little bit of that. Um, but again, if you're going, ooh, what's God going to do today? Like, I can't wait to go sit in the chair and watch other people do stuff. That's not how it works. It's, what's God going to do through me today? You know, is God, is God going to call on me at church to say something or do something? Does that make anyone nervous? Be honest. It's okay. Good. Amen. Now we're getting somewhere, right? Um, because now, again, ministry isn't on the pastor. It's not on the worship team. Ministry's on all of us. God can use every one of us to do His will to advance His kingdom, and that's what He wants. One of the great things about coming to worship, coming to, coming to church, is we can practice in a safe environment, right? These are your friends, right? And we know these people, I'm assuming, I don't know you guys, but, um, <clears throat> but we can feel safe, like, okay, I can practice. I remember uh, I knew this one evangelist, he, he had a tent, he'd go around preaching and he had a powerful ministry of healing and word of knowledge, he was one of those guys who would call someone out and he knew everything that was going on in their life. He was, he was powerful. Um, a friend of mine once, we went to one of his meetings. He was connected to the Bible school I went to. And uh, my friend was trying to quit smoking. And he called him out of the crowd and he said, you're trying to quit smoking. He didn't know this guy. Like, he just had this incredible gift. He told us a story once about the first time he ever got a word of knowledge. And he said he's up there preaching. He could preach the gospel, no problem, but he's up there and he's feeling the Holy Spirit on him and he says he's nervous and he's chattering and like stuttering to get it out. And he goes, some, some, someone here has a headache. And he said, I felt so stupid, like a headache. Really, God, that's the one you're going to give me? Someone comes up who's been suffering with migraines for years. He laid hands on him. God healed him completely, never had another migraine. And that was the start. Do you think maybe the first time God uses you, you might stutter a little bit and feel a little sheepish and a little nervous, and, but that might be how God's going to release you into the thing that he wants you to do. We just got to be obedient. So how does it work? It's real. It's simple and it's not simple. What's simple is God moves through His Holy Spirit. And you go, well, I'm, I'm still learning His voice. Well, get on the bandwagon. We're all still learning to hear His voice. 
But you go, I don't, I don't always know if it's God. Well, if you're in prayer and you kind of get this little, eh, maybe I'm supposed to pray this or say this, go ahead and say it. You know what's great about Scripture? And this is actually comforting. This should be comforting, not scary to us. Scripture says you may all prophesy one by one and let the others what? Judge. That's not let the others condemn and shame you if you get it wrong. That's not what that verse means. That means there's safety in the whole body to where you can go ahead and step out. And maybe it was the Lord, maybe it isn't. I've been wrong. You have too. And it's okay, and it's not merely judging whether or not it's from God. It's judging, we weigh what is said, is what, what it really means. You, you weigh it. You go, okay, what does God really mean? We had a time where a lady had a vision in our church. She shared it with a group in a prayer meeting. She said as she was leaving a prayer meeting one night, and she came back the next and shared it with us. And we all sat around and talked about it for about... 10 minutes, and when we got to the end, I said, this is what it means to weigh what's said, right? We, we, we go, okay, what is God really trying to communicate? So you don't have to be afraid that it's, it's, it's black and white. You're either right or wrong. Sometimes God gives you one little piece, and now he's going to use the body to really draw out what God's trying to communicate. If you see someone who, who you just feel like God's leading you to go lay hands on them and pray for them to be healed, for goodness sake, do it. But what if they don't get healed? What if they do? <laughs> That's the question we should be asking. We don't always know what God's going to do. We don't always see how God's going to work. That's not our job. God's God. You're not. If he's moving you to do something, even the slightest little inkling, I want to challenge you as a church, you need to start stepping out in faith and really trusting that God's going to use you. I don't care where you are in your growth with God. All we need is the Holy Spirit. We can trust him, and he's going to start leading us. But you've got to step out. Otherwise, church does just become a very routine, planned thing. Now, it's not wrong to plan. My attitude is you, you always plan, and then God can throw your plans away. That's how you, that's how you operate as a church, right? You plan, you do what you got to do, and then God comes sometimes and he goes, I'm just I'm going to rearrange this a little bit. And you go, okay, God, whatever. And as long as we have that attitude... We don't get stuck on, well, Pastor Wade, we only did three songs today, and the one song went longer than it was supposed to. We need to lighten up. I've been in some services where the pastor never had a chance to preach because worship just kept going. I've had other times where the pastor came up early and preached a little longer. Well, that's not God. It's, it's God if the worship goes long, but not if the preaching goes long, right? Um, anyway, <clears throat> is, this, is this good? Is this encouraging? Um, amen. I just, I really feel, um, as I was coming, I just, I feel like there's, there's like this new level that God wants to bring this church to where it's not just a few people doing ministry, but everybody. <clears throat> but that's going to take something from everybody. Uh, the, the gifts don't just happen to you. Did you hear a couple of those scriptures are saying, use it, <laughs> right? If it just happened, like you go into a trance and you come out and you say, what did I say? What did I do? If that's how it worked, you wouldn't need a scripture that says use it. The scripture's telling you, you got, if you got a gift, you got to use it. God's speaking to you, you got to speak it. If God's moving you, you got to move. Can we stand up? I'm going to hand it back to Pastor Wayne in just a second, but let's stand up. I just want to offer a prayer because um, I believe God wants to, to begin uh, releasing these gifts in each of you. Uh, and I just want to believe God. So just Whatever you're comfortable doing, lift your hands. I just, I'm just going to ask you guys to start just crying out to God, seeking His face, asking Him to do in this church and in you what, what He wants to do. So, Father, I just thank You. 
I thank you for this awesome church. God, I thank you for every person who's in this room that you've sent here, you've brought to this place. And Father God, I just pray you begin uh, uh, pouring out your spirit uh, on this church. Every time these people come together, God, I pray that there would just be this sense of your presence. God, I pray for a new expectancy God, a new anticipation when people come to church that you're just going to move, that the Holy Spirit is just going to take over. God, that that it's going to go beyond what we can even imagine or think because that's what you do, God. You do much more than we can ask or think. God, I pray you begin releasing the gifts of the Spirit in each person in this church. God, I pray even it would just be as like a, a bubbling up of something. And, and, and even if they don't even really know what's happening, God, that they just try and be obedient and try and follow you. God, knowing that, that in God you can't really fail. God, and I thank you for that. If we're, if we're doing what we're doing to try and please you, God, and we're doing it in obedience to you, God, even if we're a little off, praise God, it doesn't matter. We serve a God who forgives. Amen. God, I just, I just pray for a release of the gifts of the Spirit. I pray for faith to begin to increase, that when, when people are, are feeling something or hearing something from your Spirit, they, they, they just trust it and step out. God, we know that you are good. And you want good things for your church. And we know every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of light. So God, we're asking, as a church, we're asking for the gifts of the Spirit to begin to move. God, I'm asking, God, for just a a holy boldness and a confidence to rise up in your people to step out in faith and to not be afraid when they hear you speaking. So God, we just trust you. God, I I just want to say a a quick prayer. I'm not going to do an altar call or anything. But if there's anyone here who's, who's seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit, who's seeking to be filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, I just if, if you don't already have your hands up, put them up. And God, I just pray right now in your holy name that every person in this room would be filled to overflowing with your Holy Spirit. God, I pray that you would just pour out your presence and your power and your anointing in their life. God, I pray that, that they would just see... Uh, the power of God released in their life in a way they've never known. I pray for freedom in worship. I pray for just power in prayer. I pray that your word would come alive to them, God, as you just pour out your spirit. And I pray you do it right now to every person seeking that gift. God, we just thank you and we praise you. God, we know that you're good. And God, I just pray that you would uh, continue to do a good work in this church and we trust you to do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Wayne, why don't you come up?